In this episode, April and I are going to be discussing the ghost in my house. No, actually, we discuss the importance of systems and protocols, checklists, and why it is so imperative that you have them in place and that team members are able to find the information so they can go to the source and get the information that they need so they don't disrupt your day. And if you have a temporary employee or new employee, it is much more efficient to have a checklist available that they can refer to so they're not constantly um, bothering you, not bothering you, but interrupting you with your patients um, so that they can feel more confident and have the information and know what is expected. And it's in writing and there's no, there's no question. This not only will make your day much smoother it will also make them so much more confident and do a better job and you, everything will be done. It'll be checked off and systems will be in place. And at the end of the day, things are just going to be perfect because the, everything's going to balance. All the procedures are going to be checked in and the billing's going to be correct. The lights are going to be turned off. The alarm's going to be turned on. The schedule's going to be checked for the day. So, so many things are, can come out of a great checklist. You would really be surprised how a simple checklist could make or break a practice. And we are going to discuss some things that you can add to your checklist. And also as a bonus, April shows us or teaches us how to write a proper referral slip. Apparently most of us have been doing a pretty sloppy job at this. So she shows us, tells us what is needed. And April actually drinks a beer this time. So if you've listened to the past episodes, I don't think she really owns a brewery. But in this episode, she actually drinks a beer. So stay tuned and check it out. Well, hey, Cindy, how are you? Welcome back to Dental Ailments Podcast. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Uh, you welcome back to Dental on this podcast. It seems like it's been a long time since we recorded, but I guess it hasn't because we're yeah, I think it, well Memorial Day weekend kind True. of there's that lapse in the in doing the podcast, but we're back. Yeah, we had that like extra day off. <laughs> Just kidding. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully, everybody had a good Memorial yeah. Day weekend. I did. We actually got to go camping with some family on some family property. Um, so we each had our own campers and our own space and we were safe and stayed away from, you know, some, um, unhealthy relatives and, and elderly. So it was a good time. We got to do some rafting and outdoors. And I love that kind of stuff. And we had great weather, um, especially for Memorial Day weekend in Oregon. It was amazing. What did you guys do? Well, I'm totally envious. She went rafting. We were out in the high desert, uh, called Dufer. <laughs> Every doofer. last of the name of doofer, Desert. I call my doofer dooferites or, you know, doofuses. And it's on our friend's property, kind of in the middle of nowhere, uh, very dry. And yeah, had some uh, interesting, uh, my husband and some of the friends had an interesting ride on. Do you know what a can cam is? A what? A can cam vehicle kind of looks like something out of Mad Max. I can picture it, but it doesn't necessarily... Off-road vehicle. Okay. Fun. And they they got into this machine thinking it was just for photos, and the guy uh-huh. took off with them in it. Oh. Like okay. So it's kind of like a surprise? 
Yeah, that, yeah, not a very good surprise. <laughs> they did. Yeah, so the guy ended up taking him on this joyride, and we were getting worried because you know there's no reception up there, really uh -huh. no reception, and we couldn't get a hold of each other. And we thought, oh no, you know, they were, this guy either took him hostage or, you know, they're flipped over somewhere, and hopefully they're still alive. But here comes this truck to our campsite with them in it because the guy, one, stole the vehicle. It's his friend's vehicle. They fell asleep and he took off with it. Uh, picked these guys up unknowingly. We, we thought our friend knew this guy already, but he just met him. And uh, yeah, then it broke down a brand new vehicle. He ended, He managed to wreck the thing and they walked back to camp. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, on the water, I guess. And when they got out, when they showed up, they looked like, you know, in the cartoons when a bomb goes off. Yeah. Their hair's huge and they're, yeah, there's dirt all over their face. Wind blown. Yeah. So, how's it going with the restaurant, with the brewery? Are you guys back open or when's the open date? You're in Multnomah County, correct? Well, yes. So, that'd be June 12th. Thank you for asking. Soft opening, making our adjustments, you know. We talk about kind of like the rebirth, like the dental offices are doing, uh -huh. reinvention, and uh, getting acclimated to the new normal. But we got our delivery system up and running, and we're going to start partnering with small businesses. Doesn't necessarily have to be beer or food to give them a boost as well to co-market. Oh, great! I love that teamwork, collaboration. Yes. Uh, April, quit saying you know. I know. I told Cindy out oh, in podcast world to, to, to stop me whenever I say it because I catch myself saying it. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's well, speaking my, of uh, collaborations, you have a beer that was a collab, I hear. I do. My beer choice for today is Ecliptic and Roos. It's two breweries um, mm -hmm. in Portland or in Portland area. I, I think if Roos is in Portland, but Ecliptic yes. and Roos. And it, I picked this one because. It's uh, ecliptic is uh, cosmic. Like it seems like they have a lot of stars and spaceship stuff on their on their cans. I don't know a lot about it. You probably know a lot about it, mm -hmm. um, which I love. I love um, space and the moon and all that stuff, and I'm obsessed with it. And so I picked this one. It's the a collaboration series, a cosmic collaboration series, and it's a pilsner, and it's an Italian style pilsner, and it's dry hopped with the German hops, including Polaris, Sapphire, and Hello, true Blanc. Okay. That sounds like a wine. So anyway, I'm going to give it a taste here. Okay. And I think you know it. So the collaborator was started out at Culmination. Sean and Devin, good guys. Oh, good. Yeah. It's a small world, just like dentistry, right? Right. You got to work Love together. It. Yeah. So what beer are you having today? I So I know we spoke about doing something that was related to space, something cosmic. So I have our, uh, alludes to Pink, a Pink Floyd album, actually. Oh. Um, gosh, why am I having a, a drawing a blank here? Because <laughs> you're drinking on a Sunday afternoon. I know, maybe I'm already drinking I'm not, it. I'm not yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, obscured by Clouds. Obscured by Clouds? Obscured by Clouds. The brew? Name of the beer? It's our flagship right. IPA. Hold on here. 
You heard, did you hear that okay? I did. It sounds crispy. Okay. Are you a Pink Floyd fan? You know, I do like Pink Floyd. I do. But yeah, it's an allusion to their album, Obscured by Clouds. Maybe it's not the name of one of the albums. Yes. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, I'll give that a try sometime. When, when uh, you guys open back up, uh, we'll have to come yeah. in and give it a try. I know we were talking about the SpaceX space travel. Yes. First time in history, you know, using private enterprise to get us up into, you know, space. Right. I said, you know. First time, you know, you know, right, right. You know. The, um, is it 11 years since uh, we've gone up from America on our I own? I said about a decade. Yeah, I think 10 or 11 years. So I got all excited to watch it on Saturday. And of course, you know, it was scrubbed. Uh, and then I took my mom to get a COVID test, which is a whole different story. But we got back to her house. And as soon as I walked in, her... Um, it was on the TV. It was 10 seconds to launch the mm -hmm. second time. Was it yesterday? And so I got to watch it and I was so excited and I was just so grateful that they got up there safely because the last one I happened to be at home watching, you know, was unfortunate. And so I kind of had a little bit of, you know, fear of like everybody, yeah. but it was so exciting. Right. And then just this morning, we actually watched them connect and go inside and um, get onto the space station. So. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? They're in the space station. Yes. I just couldn't imagine being so brave to do something like that. Well, speaking of brave, Maybe. do you know if we scrounge up a million dollars, we can go on into space at the space station? I know we can. Um, is that wild? That is wild. They have a ride share program. And I, I think it's amazing. And why not? I don't think I would do it. Maybe, maybe when I'm 80, but then I don't know. If it might feel good up there too, you know. Would you aspire to be an astronaut when you were little? No, I'm a big chick. I've always been big chicken. But I think in my my fantasy job would be like a fighter pilot or something like that, even though I was always afraid of flying. But I don't know. I just I love it. Well, maybe you should scrounge up, you know, save up that million dollars and for a landmark birthday, go up into space. Oh my gosh, that is a great idea for 100th birthday celebration. So when you get our million dollars from this podcast, that that will be <laughs> the first purchase you make. Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> that's gonna happen. So I was thinking about um, yeah, watching that, and then today watching. Did you watch it? You didn't. You didn't get a chance to watch it, right? Uh, just a blurb of it. Okay. So I was watching today. The um, just getting out from going from the the capsule into the space station going from the dragon into the space station, just the checklist. I mean, it took them forever just to go through that little door and just all the things they went through, you know, all the systems and protocols and checklists. And so I was thinking how that pertained to business, you know, of course, and dentistry and what kind of protocols and systems and checklists that we need to have in order to have a successful practice. That's a great point you bring up because can you imagine the systems and protocols they'd have to go through even in space may have to be obviously much, much more detailed than in, even in, you know, in dentistry. Mm -hmm. No room for mistakes. Right. And I was thinking in the brewery, the mistake, if you guys, you know, you guys probably have checklists and stuff, you know, of course, but you know, checklist to turn off all lights and make sure somebody mopped the floor and did the bathroom, all that, you know, restaurant stuff. But what about the beer? Is there a checklist of 
you know, the hops and the stirring and everything like that, you know, the timing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, make sure you, it, the recipes are followed to tea. It's just like following, okay, out there in podcast role, I'm not the expert. You don't want me brewing the beer. But yeah, you have to follow these recipes, X temperatures for the yeast and the boil. And it's like following, you know, baking a cake. You have to write amount of ingredients. So yes, there is a checklist for each style that we have. So is that why people get beer bellies because of the rising and the yeast? Because it sounds like like a cake. Like it sounds like blow, blow, blow. That'd be a good theory. That explains <laughs> but it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's called sugar. Oh, <laughs> that's what it is. And then is that how sour beer became a thing? Like if you didn't follow every checklist or something was off a little bit and you make a mistake, you know, and that's how recipes are born. Um, is that how maybe sour sour became? Oh, that's a great question. Like an accident or was it on purpose? It was, I'm going to say it was an accident because I could go into the history of beer, the history yeah. of beer, because brewers are, the first brewers are actually women. Oh. But I'm, I'm imagining back then beer that, it was very, it's before they added the hops, so it wasn't as bitter. I, I'm going to imagine some of them may have been, been sour. Yeah, because you think like if you're baking bread or something, and sometimes, you know, if you tried the dough or something, it could be a little sour, so. Yeah, it, there's been some happy mistakes in, in the barrels, especially like after aging, you're like, oh, this came out a lot different than I anticipated, and it turns out to be a killer beer. Yeah, but in space, you don't want, there's no such thing as a happy mistake, right? Mm-hmm. And then in dentistry, there could be happy mistakes, but um, when we're coming, you know, like infection control and stuff like that, of course, you have to, you know, have a lot of checklists. It's pretty, you want to have things safe and clean. Um, but then like another checklist as far as like patient charts, reviewing patient charts and going through your patients' checklist just to see even if what, what x-rays are needed, if they're due for a full set of x-rays or, you know, bite wings, uh, if they're due you know, for the proper kind of type of exam, whether they do the perio exam or periodic exam, you want to check that. You want to check, you know, checklist to see if possibly family members might need um, recare appointments or haven't been in for a while too. So that's a good time to add that to your checklist. Um, treatment, outstanding treatment. So that's a good thing to put on your treatment, on your checklist, check for outstanding treatment, treatment plans and things that are unfinished. Um, do you have any other things that you could think of as far as patient chart reviews? Oh, health history. Oh, health history, yes. Updates on health history. You know, people may think, oh, they were here six months ago. No need to update it. In our practice, we see a lot of uh, CT scans and, uh, you know, instances where, you know, of course, the doctors speak and they talk about the results and then, you know, have the patient in the chair making sure that we have the information as well. You know, you don't want to go in the have the patient in the chair and they're like, oh, I'm ready to take an extra the, the x-ray. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. I, I just got a scan done. You're like, oh, even better. Yeah, because you guys, most of all of your patients are referrals. So, yeah, it's a little bit different. Yes. So all of your patients are referrals. So there's so many more checklists to different checklists for you guys because you have to make right. sure you have that referral. You have to make sure you want to make sure that you communicate with the referring doctor. That's, sometimes mm-hmm. that could get... Um, leg that's really frustrating when you go you know pull up you know patient's chart you don't have any correspondence from the endodontist or periodontist and so it's really important to have all that that checklist too before the patient comes in and make sure everything's in their chart right right we've had referrals that simply have the patient's name on it no indication of which tooth it is 
all the way to like a complete novel of their symptoms. And that's, you know, the more information, the better. That is a good, uh, um, I'm going to finish a checklist thing real quick. And then I want you to talk to us about referrals. So that's something that you can okay. really help us on. Yeah. That's really important. So I'm glad you brought that up. Other thing I thought about for the checklist was um, like insurance, besides asking the patient if, you know, their insurance information and all that stuff is correct, you know, address that's, kind of, you know, updating that information, but also checking um, how much benefits are left with their insurance because that way you can you put that together with the treatment plan and help the patient work out a, you know, a treatment. I remember the insurance queen. I remember that. Oh yeah. And then also <laughs> like outstanding money. Like if they, if they have an outstanding balance too, that's a good time to check that and bring that to it, mm -hmm. you know, the attention so that everybody's you know, aware and on board to help that, you know, that get collected and help the patient get that taken care of. Mm -hmm. So what April, so as far as referrals, I'm guilty too. We get, Usually if a patient needs a referral, like to an endodontist, mm -hmm. it's um, as a hygienist, the, the doctor will come in towards at the end of the exam, which is really, really tough if there is treatment because we're left with no time if we want to stay on time to go over the treatment plan with the patient. And then if there's a referral, usually the exam takes a little bit longer because there's, you know, there's a, a tooth that needs to be tested and, mm -hmm. you know, more diagnostic tests, more notes, and then the referral and referral slip. and you know, usually an extra x-ray, sometimes at the end of the appointment. And so as a hygienist, we're, we do a lot of the, the writing the referrals. I don't know if, okay. you, if you're aware of that. Um, and it's usually at the end of the appointment and we're frazzled and in a hurry and trying to get the notes down. And sometimes we didn't even hear what the doctor mumbled under um, his or her mask. And so we're not even 100% sure ourselves of what or why. Obviously, we we've worked with the same doctors a lot. And so we do get to know, you know, what, what's going on. And, but mm -hmm. in some circumstances, we don't get all the information clearly ourselves. And then we're trying to write it down. And then by then the doctors left and then to so you're left know, in the procedure kind of left in the dark as to what yeah. to write on the referral for these, for these specialists. Right. right. I kind of think of it as, so you're filling out like prescription, you need, you need as much information, of course, the name and the tooth and what what kind of symptoms they're having. And if you've done any tests on the tooth, what were the results of the tests? Okay, okay this is good to know. So tests that were done, because we'll put this in our notes, like in our chart notes. Mm -hmm. But I never, honestly, I never even thought to put that on the referral slip. Okay, so tests done and their results. And the symptoms the patients were having, the patient was having hot, cold example, chewing, is there, was there a crown placed recently or do you know when the date was? Are you about to place a crown or what, what pending treatment is there? Okay, yeah, this is great. How about how long they've had the symptoms? Is that any information you can give the two it, it, it is valuable. Any so really any information that we're going to put in our chart note, you would also want to have. And that totally yeah, pretty much sense. transcribe them to the referral slip. Yeah. Like I said, I've had, We've had referral slips that simply just say treat number three. Like, okay, but we need a little background information on it. And, you know, of course, we're going to get that out of the patient anyway, but it's nice to have that referral slip as, before the patient comes in because we, we get them emailed to us usually beforehand. It gives us a sense of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like reading your chart notes from like six months ago, a year ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's great if you guys have a heads up. Must be nice. <laughs> 
So speaking of systems and protocols, thinking about adding the new PPE that is required to be compliant. I was walking with my, a friend of mine today, and she's a hygienist, and she was supposed to start this week, yeah, on Friday. And the dentist isn't quite up to snuff yet. And so she went into the office to take a peek at what he's been doing and he, he hasn't done it yet. So she told him, you know, as soon as you get the required PPE and air filtration, I'll come back to work. So, you know, she's had these patients for 17 years and she wants to make sure they're safe. So that's been added to their checklist systems and protocols. How did, the, how did the doctor take it? Was he, he, he's, I think he may have been reluctant at first, but he understands that the patients need to be safe as well. A lot of the patients are 60 plus. Yeah, a lot of the patients I see are, some are 80. I mean, and they're pretty healthy, but then again, they're not. And they don't, mm-hmm. and they're ready to get out. They come in to socialize. So they're not oh, going right. to let anything keep them away. Right. But yeah, you have to worry and about I, them too. And I said to her, I said, you know, dentistry's always been. I don't know if you can take this in the wrong way. Dentistry's always been messy and gross anyway. And this has been our time to, to improve upon getting all those aerosols out of the air. But you're starting back on Tuesday, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to go in on Tuesday. So you'll probably have a new set of systems and pro- protocols. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah. so I've been talking to the doctors I work with, and you know everybody's been great. And, um, they're really nice about asking what what we need and how, you know, how we feel and those kind of things. So it's been, it's been great. And I'm very, very fortunate. So I'm more, I I am definitely nervous. You know, I don't, I should worry more about getting sick, I guess. Honestly, I'm more worried about having too much stuff on not being able to breathe and not being able to, you know, move and see and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that may sound selfish, but I don't know. I don't even know what to expect, to be honest. And then after not working for, you know, an operatory for, a couple months, I guess. I, well, once I get in there, it's just going to be like riding a bike. I'm sure it'll be fine. And, um, mm-hmm. and I feel safe. And um, the office I'm working out on Tuesdays, um, pretty, it's like a boutique office. And so there's only um, me and a doctor and an assistant. And they have one good long surgery okay. patient all day long. And so I'm not too, you know, I'm not really nervous about mm-hmm. that. Well, but, then, but then maybe I should be. So I don't know. We'll see. And then I think in the long run, it's going to be even better because just having all the, the the new systems in place in the long run, it's going to help everybody and everybody's going to, you know, feel better and be healthier and not necessarily the patients because most of them are only there for an hour, but us were there sometimes Mm -hmm. 11 hours a day. And that's a lot of time. The thing I'm most excited about is people will take, sick patients more serious. I might've mentioned this before, but when I, I, you know, I worked up front and scheduled patients and they would call and say, well, I have a runny nose or I have a cold and is it okay if I come in? Mm-hmm. And I would say, oh yeah, Stephanie's got a mask on. She's fine. Cause I was thinking about keeping the schedule full um, production collection, bottom line business. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that was like, she's, and I did at the Michael, she's going to be fine. She has a mask on the gloves and and then I could hear her back there stomping her feet and stuff. I just thought she was, she was a prima donna. I'm like, she's a prima donna hygiene. She's stomping her feet and, you know, she should be excited. I feel her schedule and with a sick person and she's got gloves on. But as a hygienist, now I see that they, 
the same thing, the front office, they don't, they're thinking the same thing, that we're safe because we have gloves and a mask on, but really the patient will come back and we don't have that stuff on in the beginning. We're talking to them by level, face to face, you know, without all that stuff on. And then, mm-hmm. then they decide to tell us that they're sick and they just came back from some exotic vacation and they've never been so sick in their life. And yeah, this was like right before COVID. So, and then they, it's almost like they're bragging about how sick they are. And I get pissed. I'm like, why? Oh, yeah. Do you think it's okay to come in here and break about your fever or being sick. Do you think that that's okay? Did you read that someone had just treated a patient, a hygienist? The patient, or the doctor walks in, the patient said, Oh, yeah, I, I just got tested for COVID. And well, they went through the screening questions and didn't mention it. Like, oh, just wanted to get their teeth clean. Yeah. After the appointment, she finally reveals that she had COVID. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. And I know it's just like, I don't know what to even think that there has to be some consequences for mm-hmm. knowing. That's crazy. Back to the health history. Back to the health. Okay. Okay. So back to the health history though. But like you said, she didn't tell anybody that she had it, but most people, they'll leave a bunch of stuff out because they don't want to answer it. Anyway, there's a lot of questions, and there's a reason for them. It's a checklist. Hey, April. Yeah. Hey, April, why don't you tell everybody about the, the class that we're having? So this class that Cindy and I are holding is an online class for free. Free is a great price, and it's especially for students because this is graduation time, graduation, uh, time of the year from hygiene school, assisting school, and it's talking about the skill set skill sets needed and coaching we're bridging that gap for you and there's certain skill sets that will be touching upon that kind of that gray area that they don't touch upon too much in school and the reason we're doing this because Cindy and I were talking about boy that that seemed like that was missing during our our schooling and it's a scary time not knowing what to expect in your first practice yes April that is so that is so true it's such a big black hole like the big gap um, from learning clinical skills to actually working in a real life dental big, office. Big, big, scary auditory. world. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't know what to expect. And then once you get in the patient's mouth, it's kind of like temping. You can go to any office. And once you get your stuff on and get in the patient's mouth, it's, it's all the same. It's great. It's easy mm-hmm. riding a bike. But it's all the little things that before that that you need to know that they don't necessarily teach you communicate with the patients verbiage to use what mm-hmm. practices want to see um, what what they expect out of you but you just don't know and then um, yes, we also do work with practices too so we know what practices are looking for what offices are looking for and um, we do know a lot of people that are hiring as well we do um, a lot of you probably know that april and i do work with on Diem, which is a dental staffing company as well um, this isn't necessarily about that but we just we just know a lot about you know staffing and how to help people get get going and yeah so we're going to give you the tools to fill your toolbox before you not just your instruments uh, before you start that first job yeah don't be shy freeze a good yeah. price and, and yeah 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 we're totally here. It's, it's totally here to mentor you and graduation present yes good good gift to get So to sign up for the class that will be held on June 19th, please email us at rootyouon at gmail.com. It's R-O-O-T-U, 
O-N at gmail, and we will get you on the list and answer any questions that you may have. And we would love to hear from you. We are here to support you and root you on. And so now it is time to launch that career.